Hi, I'm your host, Barrington Miller, and we're here for another episode of Hashtag Finance. I'm with Prad Sekar, uh, CEO of CB2 Insights, newly listed, newly minted uh, CSE issuer. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Barrington. Nice to be here. Uh, tell us a little bit about CB2. Uh, sure. CB2 Insights is a um, uh, basically building a, a data asset within the medical cannabis sector. Uh, our focus is on real-world evidence, which is basically uh, collecting what we consider clinically validated medical data uh, through our assets, and then using that to generate insights to educate a larger, more global stakeholder community, um, primarily within the medical cannabis space. Are you doing work in just Canada or Canada and the U.S.? So we started in Canada, founded back in 2014. Uh, head office is here. Uh, and we do have a very large presence in the U.S. So we currently operate one of the largest networks of medical cannabis evaluation centers. These are about 28 locations in over 12 states um, and just recently announced a letter of agreement to expand our network to both Colorado and Arizona as well. So it'd be 14 states, uh, seeing about 60, 60 to 65,000 patients a year. Um, and we've seen about 300,000 patients uh, since inception. And when, when was inception? How long did it take you to get from... Uh, from where you were to to fourteen states, that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, so it's been a, it's been a journey. It's been about four years. Uh, companies incorporated back in twenty fourteen. My uh, co founder Cash Karashi and myself um, developed initially as a technology platform that was designed around capturing uh, clinically validated data sets, really focusing on uh, clinical trial protocols within medical cannabis centers. Uh, eventually made a decision that we wanted to own our own assets, being the medical clinics themselves. It's just very difficult to work with third-party uh, clinics in a way that we wanted to in a standardized fashion. So uh, 2017, one of our largest customers was Canacare Docs uh, in the U.S. Uh, at the time within 18 uh, locations in, in eight states. And we acquired them December of 2017 and had been growing that organization ever since. How's it, uh, how's it going traveling? <laughs> Um, there's been a lot of discussion, um, especially with uh, top level executives uh, crossing the border. Any concerns? Have you had any issues? <laughs> well, knock on wood, not yet. Uh, I think the uh, the notion of what we do is is quite far removed from cannabis itself. We don't actually touch the product in any parts of our business. We're not in the uh, industry of growing, selling, cultivating, distributing. So our business is really in the U.S. focused on medical cannabis evaluation centers. These are specialty medical clinics. They're staffed with doctors and, and healthcare practitioners. Patients come in for regular day evaluations and checkups while they're treating their conditions with cannabis. So we are you know, we are somewhat removed from the traditional cannabis-based businesses from that perspective. But again, you know, it's it's always it's it's a growing space. And of course, you know, with time that, that should hopefully reduce the stigma as well. Uh, a lot of a lot of the conferences I've attended and my peers have attended, they talk about data, 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 data. That is going to be one of the top trends that is going to be um, really, really big. Um, What's your what's your opinion? Is that is that why uh, CB two is that your purpose for for existing? Do you want to take that data and expand and uh, branch out into different areas? Um, can you speak a little to that? Sure, <laughs> big big data. Uh, yeah, data's had a place to play in cannabis and uh, far smaller than what it will play within the industry. 
and there's so many areas in this industry that are unknown, and just why data, in our perspective, is so important. And and we are certainly no way collecting, the, you know, the the breadth of data that's required in the space. It'll be a combination of many of the other data players as well. What makes us unique is the fact that. The data we collect is very much focused on what we consider to be validated medical uh, efficacy outcome data. So you've got patients that are currently utilizing cannabis. It's been an anecdotal industry for years, a lot of crowdsourced information. But the challenge in using that information in the medical sector, if you're a physician looking to go ahead and actually try and treat your patient with cannabis, is it hasn't been put through the same protocols and standardized measures that you can communicate clearly. It's difficult to validate what the patients say they have. There's no standardized collection process or measurement process. And uh, from a data perspective, we didn't initially start out to become a data company. We we opened our doors because uh, physicians in Canada had a hard time understanding how to adopt cannabis into their practice. And our background was in the practice management space. And so we saw an opportunity to try and uh, you know, aggregate data that was out there and the lack of not having the data that we needed went on to build our own data sets. And what about your peers? What are they, and I'm not saying to speak negatively about them or anything like that. And if you're just better than them, um, what, what are they doing? What's, what's the big differentiator between CB2 insights and others? Yeah, I mean, I never would. I think there's two classifications of peers. I think there's peers collecting data. Uh, you've got uh, point-of-sale data, uh, seat-to-sale data, um, recreational demographic data, retail data, for example. Um, and all this is super important. We're not focused in those areas of data collection, and I think it will be complementary to what we're collecting and how we'll piece it together to eventually tell the story for um, any future industry. Um, and then you've got complementary data, which or more competitive data to what we're collecting, and that's coming from uh, a variety of sources. It comes from the fragmented uh, market in the U.S. today, which is our big focus on consolidating right now, independent medical centers or clinics that currently do evaluations. Uh, you've got groups out of Canada that are currently doing it. Um, if I were to say what makes us unique and why we think we're going to have an edge over that is that we currently operate in what we consider to be the largest mature medical cannabis market, which is the U.S., um, a market potential where half a million patients should not be hard to reach, and more than that as the market continues to evolve. And when you have that population size and you can bring scale to it in the way that we are, um, you have the opportunity to really stay ahead of the curve when it comes to uh, aggregation of this quality data. Now, you're the CEO the big boss man. What yeah. does a CEO? My title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should just scrap CEO. Yeah. Just put BBB, BBM, yeah. big boss yeah. man. What does what does your role entail? Um, a lot of our listeners and viewers hear the term CEO. Um, you're an entrepreneurial company. Um, what's your What's your role? What's your What's your job? What's your day to day? And how are you? Uh, how's this role evolving for you? Yeah, it's interesting you say that. Uh, this was a true startup in nature. We opened four years ago with just Cash and myself working out of a 100-square-foot office, and today we operate a team with uh, close to about 190 people on payroll. Um, I think the collective efforts of the two of us help to manage the business. So while he takes care of more internal affairs, it keeps me focused on external. So if I were to say what I'm focused on day to day, it's focused on external affairs. So whether it be um, growth opportunities, new market potentials, uh, partnerships, uh, new commercialization opportunities, 
identifying trends, working with our, uh, of course, shareholder and investor base. Uh, that's where I spend the majority of my time, keeps the direction of where we're going in the next six months to a year to two to three years. And we've got a whole team behind me that, uh, that makes sure that execution happens in the way that it needs to in order to get there. And um, obviously making sure that the path we're on is, is, is being maintained as we continue to grow. And your office is in Mississauga, my hometown. Little shout out to uh, yeah. the West Side. Um, so you you mentioned about uh, growth opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people are saying South America. There's some talk of Australia. Everyone in Europe as well. What uh, what about you? What about CB two? Um, global, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, the U.S. will be our primary focus from a perspective of data aggregation. Like I said, it, it offers us the greatest potential to scale. Um, we intend to fully uh, grow our market share into you know, the medical states that are currently uh, within, uh, within reach in the U.S. And as that continues to expand, those will be immediate growth opportunities for us as well. Again, we, we're looking at a, both an organic, also consolidated uh, business model for growth. From a global perspective, it's not necessarily our intention to expand the same type of clinical model, but rather the insights model. So you look yeah. at data from uh, insights that we generate. We recently issued a press release two days ago where we're partnered now with um, Premier Health, which uh, operates and owns Juno, one of the largest electronic medical records on the West Coast. This now allows uh, over 4,600 physicians to now have access to a decision support tool that could only be powered with the data that we collect. And so how this data influences decision makers in countries around the world will really be the focus for CB2 Insights. So for sure, North America, South America, Europe, um, Asian markets, any market that expands, you're going to face the same problem. You're going to find a barrier where physicians or healthcare industries are generally um, not supporting or have very little education to support. And I think this is where we're going to really see the benefit of the last four years of aggregating and con- continuing to grow this, this data set. It's, uh, it, it's cool that you were talking about physicians because uh, a few years ago, there was a hesitation, shall I say, with physicians wanting to, but not really wanting to. They didn't want to prescribe or put their, their names attached to it. Um, but it seems like that barrier has been broken down slowly but surely. Um, so that's that's a really good thing. Yeah, I think it's chipping away at it. Uh, you've got you still got a large tendency of practitioners to to rather refer out than to have to deal with internally. But we're talking about primary care. We're talking about patients who are currently on a variety of other treatment plans. And I think it's important for primary care to be involved. You have to know your patients, and you have to know what else they're currently taking and why they're taking it for and how cannabis can impact that. And, and a large part of the research we collect is, is not just focused on showing the benefits of the outcome of cannabis. It's also about identifying what the risks associated with them are as well. So it's an objective view to say, yes, it's helpful if and but used under these circumstances. Oh, that's a, those are very good distinctions. Uh, <clears throat> let's switch gears a little bit and talk about banking. Um, yeah. Not your own personal bank account. I, I don't want to know. Um, but U.S. banking, uh, there's been some news lately. It's uh, in cannabis banking. Uh, would you care to comment on that? Uh, to whatever extent I can, absolutely. <laughs> Obviously, we, we have a huge penetration in the U.S. And, and you know, I'm, I'm glad to say with the business model we have, we have great relationships with the banks, both at the federal level and at the state level. Um, you know, we're able to process credit cards. We're able to uh, manage our business effectively. And not all players in the space are able to do that. And um, some of our largest... Sorry, when you say in the space, in the cannabis space? In the or cannabis da- space. Or data collection? In the cannabis space, okay. yeah. Um, 
And uh, some of our largest uh, uh, institutional backers are from the U.S., so Merida Capital, Fido Partners, Arcadian. And um, the reason why you don't tend to find you know, a much larger audience of, of both financiers as well is just, of course, access to capital in the U.S. And I think the conversation that's opening now with the Safe Banking Act is going to start to create new conversations around traditional um, financing options, debt lending options, um, just simple banking itself that's going to open up the opportunity for uh, transactions to happen more seamlessly, more transparently. Um, so being in the U.S., um, obviously being uh, being from Canada, you don't face that problem. But being in the U.S., you see how that can potentially impact the growth of the market. And I think overall, we can, we're can we going to continue to see this being nothing else but uh, a driver for growth for, for the U.S. market, which which is very good for our business. And what's been your experience to date uh, with the Canadian Securities Exchange? And uh, feel free to, you know, be completely honest. Yeah, I got to I gotta make sure I fill out a comment card on the way out here on Barrington Miller. I mean, the guy's been amazing. But uh, um, I think the CSE has been great. It's been uh, it's been amazing to work with. Um, we went through the process relatively seamlessly. Of course, like any other company, you always face relatively uh, um, external challenges across the way of taking the company public. But, uh, you know, we, we listed March 6th. It's uh, it's been um, it's been a great experience. And of course, the support has been um, has been primarily what I'm most been most impressed with. Yes, we're um, we'll be wrapping up very shortly because uh, waiting shortly outside the door, um, you'll be uh, videotaped <laughs> um, because you have an interview with, of course, uh, of BTV. Um, are there any uh, further comments, any outlooks for 2019 and beyond, not only uh, for CB2 Insights, but perhaps as the industry as a whole? Yeah, I think 2019 um, will continue to expand in the models we have. I've talked a little bit about this in previous interviews, and what I'm most excited about within the space is the kind of direction you're starting to see now with now that, of course, you, know, you got tobacco and alcohol in the space. Far, big pharma coming in really for us is going to be the tipping point for our business. And you're starting to see that now with some of the partnerships in Canada, but also you're starting to see that now with some conversations around more phytopharmaceutical-based businesses evolving out of the UK and, and, and Canada, where cannabis currently in its form to use to treat medications is not where we see the industry evolving, it's really in the cannabis-based medications that covered by insurance plans, um, certified by the FDA, available through physician prescription. And it's going to, in my, in our opinion, uh, unearth a medical market that no one really understands today. And the market that we see is completely shadowed by the potential of this future medical market, which coming and operating in that space specifically for us is going to be something that we're very excited about evolving in the next few years. There's there are some conspiracy theorists out there that um, that are nervous about the use of the data, and in particular, if big pharma gets it and mm -hmm. gets a hold of this data, and perhaps may want to bend, shift, alter for their own. Uh, I'm not one of those theorists. I'm just uh, just things that I've heard. Um, is there any concern uh, concern about that or anything along those lines? I mean, you have to be very careful with data. Packaging and selling data is not something of a small conversation. From our perspective, we the data we collect is internally analyzed. It's studied. The insights we create are then turned into algorithms that are then used to help decision-making powers, not to actually sell the data. Mm -hmm. um, of course, when you're looking at big pharma today, the question is, is are they playing or are they competing? And I think the conversation will more move towards, and this is purely my opinion, uh, towards playing in the space. And so I think the more they understand how it complements or how they can get involved, 
will generally, again, in, in, in my opinion, the future of hoping to see what the future cannabis industry looks like for the medical side is going to be, you know, your, 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 your non-traditional cannabis users today starting to experiment with more traditional medication derived out of cannabis products. So, Well, thank you so much, Brad, for your time. Yeah. Uh, this has been another episode of Hashtag Finance. I'm your host, Barrington Miller. I'm here with Prad Sekar. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having me. Hi, it's Grace from the CFC reminding you to make sure to follow us on social media for the latest updates on our listed companies as well as new listing alerts. For more in-depth content, be sure to pick up our free quarterly magazine, Public Entrepreneur, available online at thecfc.com. Thank you.